Welcome to the Advocate for Kids podcast. I'm your host, 4Kids President Kevin Enders. Join us on the journey to discover stronger advocacy through nonprofit best practices, life-changing stories, and business strategies that take our mission to the next level. We're here to advocate stronger than ever together. Welcome back, everybody, to the Advocate for Kids podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Enders, President and CEO of 4Kids, and we're so thankful that you've joined us again for another amazing and exciting session of the Advocate for Kids podcast. As you know, just as a refresher, we like to talk about great stories. Um, we get to hear some amazing stories of transformation here at 4Kids. The other thing we like to do is we like to share foster care best practices. So we've had some great guests from around the country and around the local community talking about foster care and trends that we're seeing and things that we're doing. Um, and the third part of what we like to do is we like to talk to business leaders to talk about business best practices. I spent 30 years in for-profit business before coming on board at 4Kids six years ago. And we love to engage with the community and learn from businesses, how they're innovating, how they're managing culture, especially in our environment today. There's so much going on um, with hiring difficulties and other things that we love to invite business leaders from our local community in to talk a little bit about that. So that's what we're gonna do today. Um, we have an amazing guest, a good friend, um, of mine, David Pettit from Lime Fresh Mexican Grill. And so, David, we're so glad you're here. Thanks for coming. Look forward to a great conversation. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here and uh, look forward to sharing some stories that hopefully can help your listeners. Yeah, I think uh, they'll be blessed. And so um, to get it kicked off, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe how you came to know about four kids, and then tell us a little bit about Lime Fresh. Yeah, so I came to know about four kids 20, 25 years ago, sitting in the sanctuary of uh, Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale. Um, certainly was not ever aware of the need that uh, how many kids did not have a home and how many kids were being displaced. And so it's something that God put on my heart, my wife's heart at the time that we need to support this. So we try to support obviously with our time, our talent, our tra treasures. Um, at that point, it was really just, hey, how can we support financially? And so didn't have a lot to offer, but we started small. Uh, and so at the, as time has gone on, I've had an opportunity to come to know four kids better, the organization, get involved with our businesses, get involved personally. And, uh, as our businesses have grown and we've been blessed, uh, it's given us an opportunity to continue to support kids in a bigger way. Yeah. You're amazing. Tell us a little bit about Lime Fresh, how it started. Yeah. So it's an interesting story. I mean, my background, I graduated from the university of Georgia in the late nineties, uh, with a degree in finance. Uh, my business partner, who's my brother-in-law, also graduated from Georgia. Uh, even though we're born and raised in South Florida, we ended up there. No plug for the Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah hey, listen, <laughs> go dogs at this point. We're looking good. So, yeah. um, But he graduated with a degree in accounting, and he's actually a CPA. So okay. it's kind of a weird path for us to, how did you end up in the restaurant business? But I started a company in 2002, a financial services company, and through that met the owner and founder uh, of Lime Fresh uh, back in 2004. And at the time, he wanted to open a second location. And so we went ahead and opened a second store in North Miami and partnered with him financially. Okay. And as we got to see the business, we saw how successful it was. And we said, hey, we want to be part of that in a bigger way. And so we franchised the first Lime Fresh location in December of 2007, uh, which is in the shops at Pembroke Gardens. Um, it was a success kind of right off the bat. And so that led us to want to open additional locations. We've been involved over the last 15 years with nine different locations. Currently, we own a grade five. 
We have one at the Shops of Pembroke Gardens, the original store from 2007. We have a food court location at the Pembroke Lakes Mall. Uh, we have a store in Dania, Plantation, and then in Boca off 441 in Glades Road. Okay. So it's just kind of been this growth of, you know, wanting to do things properly, but also wanting to grow. So it's been very challenging, obviously, to maintain culture without having it watered down when you grow from one store to three to four to five to six to seven. Um, and so I think that's been one of the biggest things that we've learned. And one of the things that you know, we can talk to the listeners a little bit about. Um, and then obviously through COVID, obviously retaining talent, acquiring talent, finding talent um, since COVID has ended uh, has been a challenge. I think a lot of people have gotten out of the hospitality industry. Yeah. They repurpose themselves during COVID, rightly so. Uh, but there's just not as many people out there that want to work in this industry. Yeah, I think it's God's perfect timing again, as we always get to experience God's sovereignty that we're having this conversation right now as four kids is going through some exponential growth uh, in our ministry. And I'm not surprised that God has put you in my life to talk about it. And I want to camp on that just for a little while. Um, if I know we, we talked earlier, could you share maybe some of the things that were successes, some of the things you guys have done as an organization that you look back on and say, man, thank God we made that decision or, you know, building pipeline of talent. I know we talked a little bit about that. I'd like you to share that, but I'd also like to talk about some failures. Some of the things that you did that, you know, didn't turn out because we can obviously learn through both. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit as you guys scaled, like what yeah. were some of those things that you could share with, with even me as four kids or other people that are listening about things that worked out well and things that you would do differently? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that we realize fairly quickly is when we have one unit and we can be there to micromanage every little thing, uh, we can make sure that our culture was being maintained, that there was a you know very good attention to detail, and that all the things we wanted to get done were getting done by our staff. But as you go from one unit to two units, or you, four kids goes from Fort Lauderdale to the West Coast to Miami, it gets more difficult for upper management and the managers who understand the culture to be there every second of every day. So we kind of realized fairly quickly that taking a approach much like a minor league baseball team um, was most successful where we would have hourly employees, uh, let's say as our single A uh, group, and we'd go ahead and identify which one of those employees really are best of breed, best of class. And then we would, move those to a shift leader and those shift leaders would be key holders and become trainers. And then we quickly would identify which one of those employees are going to be really good. And so next time we need a manager, that's where we're going to go. And then we look and see, all right, well, these are our managers that are really, really successful. Um, when we need a general manager, Hey, these are the people that we're going to interview and we're going to consider. And what that does is those people that go from hourly employees to shift leaders to uh, managers to general managers, they've typically been with us for a number of years. Okay. So they understand what Nick and I expect. They understand what our district manager expects. And they're bringing the Lime culture um, forward, not only to the other managers in their store, but also to those hourly employees. And so what we found is as we open new locations, if we can bring, let's say a new location has 30 employees, if we could bring six or eight or 10 of those employees from an existing store, some managers, some um, hourly employees 
to that new location, it immediately infuses uh, our culture into that store without us having to necessarily babysit the store as much as we might have to do otherwise. Okay, so that's like the sweet spot when you talk about having a you know thirty staff at a store. There's a certain number that you guys have zeroed in over time at different levels that helps to we call them culture keepers here for kids, right? They they're able to kind of carry that baton of culture because we always say at four kids, and obviously you guys know this at culture, each strategy for lunch. So if you don't get the culture right, you know it's going to be a difficult run. So that's kind of what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so if we can, if we have typically have four managers, if two can be from an existing store. And then we have 25 other staff and at least five or six of those can be from an existing store. And they're kind of like your keepers, your people that you know are kind of carrying the torch and understand our culture. Then it kind of disseminates into the rest of the staff and they start to understand like, this is what's expected. Um, And so when I look today and I look at our five current locations, every one of our general managers were once hourly employees. And so when I look at something that we're proud of, It would be the fact that we've been able to kind of raise these employees up in our culture, but also grow them personally and professionally to where they could go from, you know, a prep cook or they could go from a line cook or a front of the house staff. And now today they sit and they're running their own unit. And we have a number of employees that have been with us over 10 years. Um, We actually have two in particular that I can think of that have been with us almost since our inception, going back to 2008. Okay. So 14 years later, they certainly understand what we expect and each of them run, you know, units for us. Yeah. And so it's really, that's good. I hope you guys heard what David said. I'm just going to circle back on it, especially not only you leaders out there, but if you are an intern, if you are an hourly employee, he said five of those stores are being run by people that used to be at the hourly level. So, you know, it's interesting as we struggle, all of us to find people to come to work. I think that's a great story right there to um, to anybody that's listening out there that's kind of maybe frustrated or stuck in their position, don't really see maybe where God um, is moving you in the future, that you can have great hope, yeah. that there's great leaders out there like David. And same, I would say the same thing for us at 4Kids, always looking at talent throughout the organization to try to build a pipeline of future leaders. It's definitely something that I know God has been talking to us about. It's on our strategic plan to invest in leaders, to build a pipeline of future leaders. And to your point, as we've expanded from Broward up to Palm Beach to the Treasure Coast last year into Southwest Florida, and just last week, recently, we've signed a contract with Miami-Dade to go there, is always looking at internal talent and finding that right mix of how many people of a new location should be uh, from existing, but also open up opportunities for God to continue to draw good people into um, the pipeline of four kids. Yeah, for sure. And one other thing we do, and I'll mention it really quickly, is we do what we call Lime University, where we take those staff that we identify, hourly employees, shift leaders, and even managers, and once a quarter, we get them in the room with the owners and with our upper management and with our HR director just to pour into them and say, listen, this is how we'd handle certain situations. And, you know, we role play and we talk about certain scenarios. So then again, now they understand right from the horse's mouth, like here's exactly how we would expect it to be handled. And we've just found that beneficial. Plus it makes them feel special. Like, Hey, I've been identified as one of the future leaders at Lime. Um, And so a lot of our talent has come from these, this pool of meetings and it's been uh so that's one sick. day a quarter is that yeah probably like a half a day usually yeah. after lunch from two to six yeah once a quarter we try to just get everyone in a conference room and okay. you know we'll have a number of staff people along with some of our 
uh, our district manager, our HR director, some of the owners, um, and just pouring into them and, and training them. And we find that to be a more economical solution um, than, you know, we asked about some of the failures. I mean, not that hiring from the outside isn't something we do. We do. We have to fill in gaps. But if I looked at the percentage of people that have been successful, um, it's been much more challenging to bring someone, especially at an upper level, upper management level from the outside. Um, not because we don't want them to be successful, but it just takes so long for them to understand the culture and what we expect. And when we set out to run this and open this business, uh, we wanted to be best of breed. We wanted to be top of class. We wanted to have great service, great food at a great price. And so in doing that, um, not everyone understands that. And so it's it's very challenging sometimes to bring someone from the outside, but we'll certainly pour into that person as well. Yeah. But that's for us where our successes have come is like just homegrown talent. Yeah. So what are some of the things we talked a lot about culture here today? You heard the word. What are some of those things in addition to this quarterly meeting where you bring the next generation of leaders together? Is there something that Lime Fresh does on a more consistent basis, even within an operating unit mm-hmm. um, to talk about culture, to have different type of maybe events with the staff to you know, build relationships with each other. Like, tell me a little bit about what you guys do to just create that environment for a healthy culture. Yeah. So I think a couple of things we do. I mean, we always have the, we always make sure the first four or five shifts that someone's working aside another employee. So it's basically a shadowing type of, you know, operation. So that allows the shift leader who has a little bit more experience to train the new employee and say, Hey, here's what we expect. Um, the second thing that I think that we do is, you know, we do have all staff meetings. So we will have meetings within the restaurant, you know, maybe a few times a year. But there's employees that you may never see because if you work the night shift and they work the day shift, your paths may never cross. So it's an opportunity for our staff to go ahead and, and be together. And then at the end of every year, we do have, you know, a holiday Christmas party with all of our staff from all of our stores in one location. Um, we're actually going to be doing it here in a few weeks. And so that's something that all of our staff really, really enjoys. Like it's something where during COVID we went to individual store parties, okay. and they didn't like it. Yeah, you know, they all want to be be together. Yeah, and so then you know that hey, you know what? Sharon works at this store, and Tiffany works at this store, and people start exchanging numbers. And also, when we need to transition staff from one store to another to meet a need, they already have some familiar faces. They already know people. Yeah. When you go into a store and you don't know anybody it's a very difficult place to be. But when you go in and you're like, hey, I know those three people from the party, or I know those three people from Lyme University, it makes it a lot easier to transition when they need to go from Pembroke Pines to Dania. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's something also that we do at Four Kids. In fact, this week, we have a Thanksgiving potluck kind of meal together. We kind of carve out a significant part of our day to do that. And we do that throughout the year um, to make sure that as we expand, we have those key moments where people can come in fellowship together, get to know each other. Um, we need to keep that, that part of our culture healthy. So it's good to hear that you're doing the same thing. Um, so maybe that's valuable to somebody out there that's trying to figure out, Hey, how do I, how do I do that as we expand? What are some of the key elements of keeping that culture together and, um, built out through succession planning, shadowing, awesome idea, right? right? Well, And I think the other thing too, is making sure you're taking care of your employees. Like when we got into this industry, coming from financial services and accounting, we wanted to make sure that our pay was very competitive. Our bonus structure was very competitive. 
our benefits were competitive. We were get, we were giving people, and we still are today, paid time off in the first year as a manager, which is not unheard of. It, it's unheard of. Yeah, good. And so we wanted, even though we were much smaller than a Chipotle or a Moe's or a Tijuana Flats at the time, we wanted to make sure that we were as competitive because we needed that talent. I mean, talent's what's going to make your business run. And so if you're going to come in and say, hey, listen, the normal employee makes $50,000 and I'm only going to pay him 40, you know, and you're not going to be competitive. It's a problem. And so we wanted to make sure that we did that, that we took care of our employees. You know, we tried, we, for many years, gave everyone a turkey at Thanksgiving. Now we do gift cards. It's just easier. But, you know, to make sure that all of our hundred plus employees are taken care of. And there's food on their table, you know, bonuses at Christmas. So, you know, because if you take care of these people, they're loyal. And I believe that's why we've had employees who have stayed with us 10 plus years, because when they look at the other side, they realize like, no, this is a good opportunity. And I think that reflects, you know, us as owners is important for us that say, hey, you know what, you know, we've been blessed. Um, and as Christians, we want to make sure that we're returning that to our employees and like paying that forward and making sure that. Uh, you know, our staff is taken care of because we've, we've been rewarded for their work and we want them to be rewarded for their work. Yeah, that's awesome. There's a, one of my favorite sections of scriptures in Proverbs 11. I think it's verse 24, 25, where it talks about that a generous soul will be made rich or people who water others will themselves be watered. So um, it's a beautiful thing we get to do as Christians to try to do that. We've also obviously tried to do the same thing in four kids as we look at nonprofit sectors and, and analytics on pay bands and positions and how can we how can we if we're trying to build a world-class organization to honor god how do we how do we do that and i've been blessed to have a great board of directors that is completely aligned with that idea so if you're out there and you're leading a nonprofit, don't be afraid to have that conversation with your board of directors you know we what are we trying to accomplish here and if we want to attract and retain the best talent in the marketplace you have to really know what's going on around you. What what are the pay bans? What are the, some of those other benefits that really set you apart? Yeah. You know, within your sector of business, and um, God will honor those those courageous decisions when you try to step out in faith to do that to to um, better position your organization for the future. And I, I was just curious. We we talked a little bit before about yeah, this hiring freeze of this difficult season we're all in all these people that just have left the workforce and i know it's affected hospitality restaurant business significantly it's really affecting a lot of sectors of business is there one thing like because you mentioned a lot of really great things and bonuses and pay and paid time off and all this thing could you could you give give us like what is the top thing that you think has really attracted new people in to line fresh yeah, I think it's word of mouth, honestly, like referrals, like we've had a, the, our best source of employees is from existing employees, people coming and saying, listen, I love this culture. Nice. I love my job. Yeah. I like what I do here. Yeah. Come work with me. And so, you know, I can think of a number of situations recently through this COVID period, where a lot of our new employees are coming from their friends or family of existing employees. Yeah. And so I think word of mouth, I mean, we've put ads and ads and ads out right. and where we used to get a hundred resumes, we're getting sometimes none, one, two. Yeah. Um, when we put hourly positions, we're getting very little response rate. And if people do respond, a lot of times they're not showing up. So for the people listening, don't think they're the only ones struggling. I mean, yeah. everybody's going through it. I'm talking to business owners in multiple sectors yeah. and people are having a challenge hiring. But if you can ask your existing employees and maybe even incentivize them and say, hey, well, you know, if you can bring us someone 
you know, we'll give you a signing bonus or you, know, you and your employee, you know, it doesn't have to be significant or you give them a gift card for gas or yeah. just something that helps put a little bit of uh, money in their pocket. But I think it can be extremely effective. Yeah. That's I just, again, it's, uh, I'm smiling because last summer as I was praying and thinking about four kids expanding, um, God basically said exactly what you're saying, you know, that you're going to get most of your employees through people that know them directly. And so we do actually incentivize our staff with a, with a bonus when we hire someone and they stay on for a certain amount of time. But, um, it's been extremely effective. So again, if you're out there and you're having difficulty, um, this is something a board member, uh, of mine shared with me and uh, God confirmed it. And I'm seeing it happen that it's people that, you know, that, that are going to be the the crop of uh, employees and laborers that you need to draw. And so hopefully that helps somebody out there. And I, I wanted to um, talk about one other thing as we kind of wrap up the podcast and that is um, just your generosity. And I, I quoted that verse in the Bible and, and you can kind of feel it through hearing David um, the way that he, um, and the leadership team runs Lime Fresh. You know, you definitely have um, impressed upon me this idea of generosity and how you make that a part of your culture. And I, I just wanted to first of all thank you for that because without that we can't do what we do in the nonprofit sector. And God's been just um, super kind to put um, people like you in our lives and to to co labor with us in the ministry. But maybe if you could just talk a little bit about. How do you, how do you share that internally as an organization with younger people? Because we see the younger generation being extremely generous. But I'm just curious. Maybe are some of the things that you do internally as an organization to say, hey, we're going to continue to be generous not only to our staff but to to people that are out there doing good work in the community. Um, again, maybe for someone that's listening, that's kind of trying to figure out how do I give back? What are the, some of the practical things I can do? Talk a little bit about how you've navigated that journey, not only maybe personally as a family, but as a business owner. Yeah, so I think as a business, when we started, Nick and I set out with a goal of like, this is going to be kind of a pillar of our business is giving back to our community. Um, I think there's a lot of goodwill in that in the sense that, you know, we wanted to work with schools, you know, sports teams and nonprofits. And so those are really the three areas that we focus on. Um, It's a lot of the demographic of our restaurant, so families. Um, but if someone goes to their school and they say, Hey, Lime's partnering here, and then they go to their, you know, sports team and we're on the kid's shirt and then we go to a nonprofit and they see us there, they're like, okay, I see these guys everywhere. Hey, let me check them out. So there's that benefit. But then also we have a lot of our staff volunteer at events. Um, and so it sees them, uh, it's, it makes them aware of the fact that, yeah, we are giving back. And so whether it's at a concert, like you know, this past weekend and we have staff there or whether it's at, um, you know, a school and we're doing some type of giveaway of food there, just having the staff go and deliver it and knowing that we're, you know, donating that food, uh, it ingrains in them that, you know, this is a company that gives back. And so a lot of our staff is aware of that. And so we look for opportunities and we tell our staff, hey, if your son or daughter is on a sports team or they're in school, let us know, like, we want to partner with you. And so we'll support their football team or we'll support the band or we'll support the drama club um, because, yeah, we have been blessed. And so we want to bless you. know you. We want to bless your staff. We want to bless your kids. And so that's the way the foundation that we set from store one. And every time we open a new store, we look for those schools and those sports teams and we look for those opportunities 
Um, and we're really big on doing grassroots local marketing. Yes, we can support large organ national large national organizations, but we prefer supporting um, people that align with our values and our culture and local organizations like Four Kids. Um, that you know we can see the progress. We can actually see and touch the impact that we're making, and I think that's very impactful for our staff yeah. um, when they're able to see that too. Yeah. Wow. An amazing discussion. I, I there's so many different nuggets, um, and there's a really good one there. So thank you for for looking in your local community and what a great opportunity. I know there's been a lot of discussion in the foster care space lately, not new, but you know how can we continue to partner with kids that have aged out of foster care that are in our transitional independent living program and um, getting jobs. Really, they're good jobs with good companies that have like values, and we're so thankful for you guys and and. Uh, other companies like yours that just see that value of investing. But anyway, um, amazing discussion, a lot of great nuggets. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed our time together. And David, I just want to thank you again for coming in. Um, powerful, some powerful words of wisdom for our listeners. So thank you so oh, much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I really appreciate it and glad I could come in. Yeah. So again, um, we, we pray you're blessed. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time out to listen to another Advocate for Kids podcast. And uh, I'm your host, Kevin Enders. We look forward to seeing you and for you to hear again in the future some great stories, some great foster care, um, pre best practices, and some great insight from our business community that can help you grow. Whether you're leading a nonprofit or whether you're leading a business, um, there's definitely uh, some value that I think was shared today by David. So again, thank you to him and Nick and their entire crew at Lime Fresh. We play, pray great blessings on them as they head into this uh, busy holiday season and great blessings for your team as they get together and fellowship together. So thank you again. And thanks again for joining. We'll see you next time on Advocate for Kids.